Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. A good Sunday morning to you. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2, where we take on the top issues of the week. On the right, John Hancock. Good morning. On the left, Michael Kelly. Good morning. And I'm Andy Banker. On the agenda this morning, we'll take a deep dive into the Hamas-Israeli war. St. Louis Democrat Congresswoman Cori Bush accuses Israel, but not Hamas, of war crimes. Congress is still speakerless. The House GOP is a complete mess. Can they rally and fix it? Surprises in Missouri's two big elections in 2024, the races for governor and the U.S. Senate. Early measuring stick, we'll get into that. And our quote of the week is a single word from Sidney Powell, a former attorney for Donald Trump, now possibly turned witness for the prosecution against him. Also, the U.S. Supreme Court weighs in on Missouri's controversial gun law, the so-called Second Amendment Preservation Act. But we begin with that terrorist attack of Israel and the Israeli response. President Biden addressed the nation, saying America stands with Israel. He's calling for more than $100 billion in aid for Israel in its war with Hamas and Ukraine in its war with Russia and Vladimir Putin. Hamas and Putin represent different threats, but they share this in common. They both want to completely annihilate a neighboring democracy. A surprise attack from Hamas two weeks ago has sparked a deadly war. President Biden likened it to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. He's calling for massive U.S. military aid to both Israel and Ukraine. Those Hamas attacks killed more than 1,400 in Israel, including at least 32 Americans. Hamas took more than 200 hostages, as many as a dozen of them being Americans. Two of them have now been released. Israeli airstrikes in response have killed more than 4,000 Palestinians in Gaza. President Biden says the missile strike that reportedly killed hundreds at a hospital in Gaza was not from Israel, even though it was reported as such early on. It was likely an errant missile from Hamas. Jump in anywhere you feel like you want to jump in here, John. Well, I guess uh, one initial observation, you've got a small sliver of Republicans who look like they're not going to support funding Ukraine. You've got a small sliver of Democrats who actually support Hamas over Israel. You saw what Rashida Tlaib did uh, in the Capitol this last week with, the, with that whatever that was, and she was lying about the hospital bombing, and I don't think she's retracted that to this day. So both parties, uh, you've, you're finding some resistance in either or of these conflicts. I think the president sounded the right message. Uh, we do need to support democracies in Europe. We need to support, support our ally in the Mideast, uh, Israel. And I think the preponderance of the country uh, supports that position. And I hope Congress follows through and, and funds both of those efforts. Is the president right to bunch these together, like John's talking about, sure. Ukraine and Israel? Should he be tougher on Iran? He did mention Iran. Yes. In the address. 
Well, uh, Iran is fueling Hamas. Yeah, they're right? definitely one of the proponents behind Hamas. Whether or not they helped with this, the, tech, the, the intelligence to this point says no. Uh, we'll learn more as we go on. He's right to tie these together. And Missouri, here we are in the spotlight. Our two senators are two of the folks, Republicans, who want to separate funding for Russia. Our own congressman, Cori Bush, good Lord, she wants to go out there and be supportive of Hamas. We are a divided country. Fortunately, we have a president who has solid foreign policy experience, obviously decades of experience, and he is laying out a steady agenda of where we're at. We are 100% behind the Ukrainians and the Israelis, and thank goodness he's our president. Yeah, I, I, Biden's got the right position here uh, in the aftermath of the terrorist attack, but his policy toward Iran, going back to the uh, uh, Obama administration, has been wrong. And, and, and what, what we have done uh, with this administration in soft-pedaling Iran uh, has been costly. And don't make any mistake, Iran is intimately involved in everything Hamas does. They're close to Hezbollah, but they're intimately involved with everything Hamas does. And I'm a little concerned, once this ground invasion moves in, whether the weapons that Hamas has are something bigger and better than we think they have. Both, uh, you both talked about Democrats in Congress and their response to this. A number of the president's fellow Democrats not only refused to state their support for Israel, but accused Israel of genocide for its response to that deadly terrorist attack by Hamas. Here's St. Louis Democrat Cori Bush. The collective punishment of Palestinians in Gaza is a war crime. A war crime, she says. In spite of President Biden's words regarding the airstrike at the Gaza hospital, in spite of him moving U.S. forces onto warships to the region to deter more attacks from Hamas or new attacks from Hezbollah from in Lebanon, a group of Democrats, including Bush, her allies Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar as well, continue to blame Israel and fuel anti-Israeli protests around the globe. Tlaib has yet to take back the claim that John mentioned that Israel bombed that hospital in Gaza. For her part, Bush has condemned Hamas. Michael, this group is calling for a ceasefire, saying they value all lives. Are they going too far? I mean, that's a good message, well, right? I don't know, but the only time we see Cori Bush really popping up uh, as it relates to Washington, D.C. efforts is usually when she's in opposition to the president of the United States, the leader of her party, uh, whether it be on the infrastructure bill, whether it be on the debt relief that we had going on. And now it's related to Israel. Cori Bush, I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand what wing of the Democratic Party she's from. But St. Louis, aren't we pleased that she's leading the charge on all this ridiculousness? But isn't there room to be on her side to call for a ceasefire? I, you know, when sure. you got, got 4,000 Palestinians dead uh, in response to this, does Israel need to sort of rein it in and be a little more surgical with their military response? Look, here's the thing. In both of these cases, if Israel puts their weapons down, there is no Israel. If Hamas puts their weapons down, there's peace. If Russia puts its weapons down, there's peace in Ukraine. If Ukraine puts its weapons down, there is no Ukraine. There, are, there is a good actor and a bad actor in both of these theaters, and people that go out and support the kind of terrorism that was done in Israel, people like Cori Bush, uh, are doing a great disservice. Now, Congress is a reflection of the whole country. There are wacky people in the country, and there are wacky people in Congress. You'll find them in both parties.
But is she a proper reflection of the people she represents from St. Louis? I surely don't think so, but the voters have sent her there twice, and maybe voters need to get involved in primaries because this is what the face of St. Louis is to the country. And I'll bet you she represents the largest Jewish population of any member of Congress in Missouri. The war has heightened tensions on college campuses across the United States. This video is from Harvard, which has seen dual protests for and against Israel. The largest and loudest protests, however, seem to have been anti-Israeli. Dozens of student groups at Harvard signed on to a letter blaming Israel entirely for the attack by Hamas on Israel. The president of the Student Bar Association at New York University just lost his job offer at a law firm for holding a similar view. Is that fair? Is it right? Justin? They can believe whatever they want, but they're wrong. Uh, now, college kids are one thing, but you have at all of these institutions where these college kids are all stirred up out there, and all, every single one of them, there are faculty members that have the exact same viewpoint. It's repugnant. It's supporting terrorism. It's supporting the wanton slaughter of children, the kidnapping of, of teenage girls and, and elderly uh, people. It, what, what Hamas did was absolutely inhumane. It has nothing whatsoever to do uh, with the international code of how warfare should be conducted. And anybody that would defend that uh, is just woefully wrong and, and misinformed. And there are more and more Jewish students on these campuses saying they don't feel safe. Right. Well, look, it's uh, a little scary. Young people and anybody's allowed to go out and express their personal opinions on what they want. It's interesting to me, the Republicans, the anti-cancel culture group, is now wanting to cancel all these universities because they don't like the tone that's coming out of them. Here's what I think. Hold these people accountable. Welcome to life. You go out and say ridiculous things, you may lose your job, and they deserve to. Amid all of this, House Republicans are somehow spiraling deeper into chaos, unable to pick a new Speaker of the House. The latest effort failed again with Jim Jordan of Ohio being voted down for a third time, losing votes with each go-round. He's out now. There is a plan being floated to grant full speakership powers to acting Republican Speaker Patrick McHenry of North Carolina. The House is in its third week without a speaker now. After eight Republicans, there's McHenry, after eight Republicans joined all Democrats in ousting now former Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Michael, Democrats continue to lambaste Republicans, but doesn't some of the blame for this fall on them? No, no, we're the minority party. What we're supposed to do is go and be the opposition. The fact that these folks can't agree on what day it is, is their issue. The Republican Party is evaporating before our eyes. And the consequences of this could potentially be global. And you know what? As long as the Republican Party doesn't have direction, maybe five or six Republicans ought to come the way of the party that's got its act together, the Democrats. John? Well, uh, Patrick McHenry is not going to work out. Perhaps they'll consider John McHancock as the speaker. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it, look, the Republicans have got one more shot. There's, I don't know, seven, eight, ten names in the hopper right now. Uh, and if they can't figure this out this week, then there's going to be no alternative but to make a deal with the Democrats. doesn't mean we're going to have a Democrat speaker. That will never happen. Uh, but... If the Republican conference cannot get to 217 behind anybody, and I'm beginning to think they may not be able to because it's so dysfunctional, there's so much resentment, um, it, it, it's a bad look, 
and it's bad. It's bad government, and it's bad for the country that we can't get this done. If they're going to pick their speaker, you think it has to happen this week? I think well, so. Well, and all this in the midst of an election year. We're starting our slide towards the presidential election. These folks are saying, "Hey, elect us. We can do a better job." You all can't agree on anything. Up next, the latest measuring stick in Missouri's top races in 2024. Will this man, a Democrat, be Missouri's next U.S. Senator? Listen to the podcast. Just search for Hancock and Kelly. Oh, it's a good time to take a gander at the two mega 2024 election races in Missouri, the races for the U.S. Senate and for Missouri governor. Third quarter fundraising reports. I don't know if this is kind of like a poll. They just came out and they bode well for Democrat candidate Lucas Kuntz. He raised $1.5 million more than the incumbent Senator, Republican Senator Josh Hawley. In the heated Republican primary race for Missouri governor, Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe outraised State Senator Bill Eigel and Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft by far. He has more cash on hand now than the other two combined. Even Democrat Senator Crystal Quaid outraised Ashcroft. What does all this tell us, Michael? Well, it tells us that the Democrats are going to have a legitimate challenger in the United States Senate race. Uh, Josh Hawley is very unpopular throughout the country, so there's going to be money that's going to come in and be supportive of it. Tough race for Democrats to win statewide. In terms of what's happening on the Republican side, it sure looks like Mike Kehoe uh, is pulling together what could be the common sense caucus on the Republican side. Fortunately, the Democrats don't appear to have a primary, and Crystal Quaid is raising money. And um, it, it's going to be an exciting uh, slide toward the elections in November of next year. Tough for Democrats, but anything's possible, particularly when they're well-funded. Too early to call it Coots Hawley and Kehoe Quaid? <clears throat> oh, yeah, it's too early. And I've got to disclose I'm working on an effort supporting Mike Kehoe. So okay. with that understanding, this is a good finance quarter for Mike Kehoe. He's had a good year. Uh, there's a lot of excitement about his candidacy. As to Kuntz, he's in a stronger position right now than uh, Jason Kander was back in 2016, who almost defeated Roy Blunt. So that said, this race is not going to be nationally targeted by the Democrats. Uh, Josh Hawley's going to win. Republicans going to win the governor's office. This state is pretty well settled. Wesley Bell, the Democrat St. Louis County prosecutor in the Senate race, is he I think he's toast over. and uh, probably would like everybody, he would like most of you all to forget that he ever announced <laughs> that he was running, I'm sure. <laughs> That's probably right. The U.S. Supreme Court just blocked Missouri's controversial gun law, the so-called Second Amendment Preservation Act. So follow me here. Republican Missouri lawmakers approved the act in 2021. It bans state and local police from enforcing federal gun laws that the state deems to be in violation of the Second Amendment. A federal judge blocked that law. That judge's ruling is being appealed. And while that's happening, Missouri Republican Attorney General Andrew Bailey turned to the U.S. Supreme Court to step in and allow Missouri to enforce the law while that appeals process plays out. The high court said no, John Hancock. The interesting thing about this case to me is that the, the supremacy clause of the Constitution would tell you that federal law is going to supersede whatever the state of Missouri does. Right. That's been the ruling to date. However, there's one area where that's not true, and it's legalized pot. Legalized marijuana is illegal federally, and look at the number of states that have legalized it. This is an interesting case. 
Great point, uh, and it's something I hadn't thought of and we will pay attention to it, but ultimately the thing that regular people can take home here is police across the state of Missouri were opposed to this Second Amendment Preservation Act. Republicans continued to push it forward regardless in opposition to what police wanted. Now they're taking it all the way to the Supreme Court. Who really is the party of law and order? And the conservative court blocked it. Yep. Right, at least for now. Side of the, the police process. to this point. Yeah, you know. we'll see. It's, it's interesting, though. It's interesting. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly, our quote of the week as Donald Trump allies plead guilty and agree to potentially testify against him. Also, protest or insurrection, more than 300 arrested as they gather illegally in a congressional office building rotunda. U.S. Capitol Police arrested more than 300 protesters in the rotunda of a congressional office building on Capitol Hill. The protesters were calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. This was inside the Cannon Rotunda. Protesters are not allowed inside congressional buildings. Members of the Trump family immediately drew comparisons to January 6th, saying when Republicans do it, it's called an insurrection. When the left does it, it's called a protest. Is there any kernel of equivalency here, John? Well, both are illegal trespasses. Now, nobody got killed here. <laughs> uh, that would be a, right. a fundamental difference. The 300, uh, I mean, the, you know, it, the reason it, it stopped was well, it they made you know, all those arrests. Yeah, and they got Rashida Tlaib lying to them about the uh, hospital. Uh, it's, a, it's a bad look for Democrats. Yeah, typically uh, the Republicans like when the President of the United States lies to them and foments people. This is uh, nuts that they did this, but there is no equivocation here. Uh, nobody got killed, no police officers were assaulted. Tlaib is nuts, and it seems like these supporters are, but nobody's gone crazy like the Republicans have. This wasn't a Jan mini January 6th. Come on, give me a break. Now to our quote of the week. A couple of key figures in the Georgia election case against former President Donald Trump have taken plea deals in the past few days. Trump legal team attorneys Ken Cheeseborough and Sidney Powell. Powell was at the forefront of efforts to overturn Georgia's 2020 election or presidential election results. Donald Trump narrowly lost the state to President Biden. Powell pleaded guilty, but only to six misdemeanors, no felonies. And she gives us just one word in our quote of the week. A prosecutor asked her, how do you plead to the six counts of conspiracy to commit intentional interference with performance of election duties? She responded, guilty. Perhaps the biggest key here, though, is the bottom of the quote, what the judge told Powell. You are to testify truthfully against any and all co-defendants. What does that mean for Donald Trump, Michael? Walls continue to shrink on Donald Trump. This is a big problem. The other question I have is whether or not she is cooperating with the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, which would be even more treacherous for Donald Trump. Are we getting closer to where Donald Trump's legal goose is cooked? Well, this is not good news because the defense on Georgia for Donald Trump is that he was acting on advice of counsel. He gets a memo from Chesbro. Sidney Powell's advising him one thing. And if they, if the lawyers are pleading guilty and he's ap operating on advice of counsel, I think his defense has gotten a little trickier. Well, there's not a lot hanging over her head, though, with six... Well, she got a sweetheart deal. Right. So, I mean, she could kind of ride the fence a little, it, not be as, provide as much damaging testimony. Well, potentially, but this is just in the she... Georgia case, guys. Remember, she's also a player in the federal case, which has felonies there. I, I don't think she walks away scot-free. 
Final thoughts are next. First, here's a view from Bomberito.com Drone Fox, the Daniel Boone Bridge. Final thoughts, we're going to start with one of my own. John and Michael have been sitting here smelling me this morning. <laughs> I smell like a big barbecue grill because I've been over in Millstadt cooking prior to this show, and I'm headed right back there after this. It's the Millstadt Barbecue and Chili Cook-Off. $20 admission fee gets you all you can eat from about 50 different cooks competing, including me. 12 to 5, it runs at Leader Crons Park in Millstadt. It benefits Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. All right, you told me that you're doing ribs. The big question is, are they beef or pork ribs? Oh, they're pork. Yeah, no doubt about it. Pork ribs. You know, I'm, I'm fascinated by the whole concept of barbecued chili. Uh, <laughs> how, do you, how do you keep the beans from falling through the little uh, grill things? It's a skill. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The little bean skewers. Is that how it works? <laughs> Little skewers of beans. Well, there you go. So what bridge do you take over to Millstadt? Uh, from here? Yeah. JB Bridge. All right. I'll be on from it. From downtown, you go Poplar Street. I'm coming Poplar to get Street. your, your Are you really? back. Yeah. All right. We're going to save some for you. We're going to save I'm some. I'm not having any snout. <laughs> I didn't mean to dominate your final thoughts. This was a, what, else, what more would be it. more important than and ribs? food. It's rib day. <laughs> it's we rib like day. Food. Hope to see you there. Thanks for supporting us and the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And thanks for watching Hancock and Kelly. Download the show or any segments. Just search the words Hancock and Kelly. Fox News Sunday is next. And remember, if it's Sunday in St. Louis, it's Hancock and Kelly on Fox 2. See you next week.